McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Brobble. Now get a Big Mac or double cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Hold on, uh, uh, Benny. I was going to be a high school coach. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm going to stop you right there. Rick, uh, we're going to just end the interview. Uh, he's just you're, you're making us feel too bad about ourselves here. Uh, <laughs> this is just beyond anything we've ever uh, been exposed to. So after three minutes, thanks a lot, Coach. Uh, we appreciate you having me on. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> oh, you guys are awesome. This is Mark's great. Like, one time I found a snake in my backyard. <laughs> it was great. And that's like Mark's life story. So. No, I know lots of good things about Mark. So no, that is not it at all. I love it. <laughs> It's episode 134 of the Simple Human Podcast with your host, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy. Now you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is personal trainer and fitness author, Chad Austin. Not from Austin. His last name is Austin, which we will. <laughs> that gets funny in a minute. Mark yeah. <laughs> uh, has a complete stroke trying to introduce the intro. <laughs> That's the worst intro. And I even like asked him right before, like, yeah. how do you want me to do it? And then I was like, and he... It just completely fell all over myself. That was awesome. Uh, then it's another moderately funny edition of Humans Being Human with Mark and Rick and Childhood Lies. And we'll wrap up with our Simple Human Tip. How are you, Rick? I'm good, Mark. I have a question. Oh, no. No, no. It's my question. Okay. Have you ever uh, run out of gasoline, like, right in the middle of mowing your lawn? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I had a Hanukkah miracle with uh, with about an ounce of gasoline today. <gasps> Oh, so, wait, well, hold on. Are you meaning like where you run out of gas and you don't have any more gas in your shed kind of a deal? Yeah, yes, yes. Oh, yes. no. Like, I'm out. No, like, no, no. I would have to go siphon to out the of the store. car or go to a gas okay, station. Okay, no, no, no. That has never happened to me. Okay, so last time I, I mowed my lawn, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm almost out of, I'm pretty much out of gas. I need to remember to fill up the gas can. So I mowed the lawn. Well, today, I'm looking at the forecast, and it's supposed to rain this afternoon, and it's supposed to rain tomorrow. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, I only have like another day and a half Small of the lawn. If I don't mow it basically like right now, then I'm not going to be able to mow it all week long because I'll be at work the rest of the week. So I get out there, and I use my you know edger, and I trim and edge and all that stuff. And then I go to start the lawnmower, and I go over to the lawnmower, and I was like, oh, crap. I remember that like last time I was basically like uh, – <laughs> Out of gas, fumes. so I open up the gas cap, and there's nothing in there. It's like it actually looks dry. Yeah. It doesn't even look wet at all. So I was like, "Well, crap." Well, I'll just uh, I'll try to get the front mode as quick as I can, and then we'll figure it out from there. Because I've got the two kids at home, I don't want to like have to take them with right. me to the gas station. It's, it's just a huge hassle. Yeah. But we're up against it because it looks like it's going to start raining. And I say that I'm looking out right now, and it just started raining. So I start mowing the lawn, and I do the front, and I. Uh, I do 
like three quarters of like the side that you can still see from the street, yeah. and it craps out. I was like, crap. Well, uh, no one on my street is home right now. I can't, and I don't really know anybody well enough to be like, hey, can I borrow some gas? <laughs> so I got to. Do you, like, do you use normal gasoline or do you use the synthetic stuff? I don't just regular gas. Okay. Well, that'll ruin your mower, but that's. Oh yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's really ruining it. I've been using the same mower for like a decade. <sighs> well. That's ruining the mower. Well. Please tell me more, engine man. <laughs> so I go to the gas can and I uh, open it up and I shake it and there's like a like a minuscule amount of gas gasoline in there. So I just dump it into the the gas tank and it's I mean it's not even there's no way it's more than like two ounces of gasoline. It's yeah. less than that probably. And I still have the rest of my side and the rest of the back to mow. Well, I managed to get all of it done. Do you have a self-propelled or is it a push? Self-propelled. Okay. Well, I. The very last thing I do is I pull the trampoline out and I mow underneath where the trampoline is because yeah. the grass gets kind of unruly there. So I stop the mower, pull the trampoline out, and all I have left is like this little you know ten foot circle that was underneath the, the trampoline to mow, and that's when the mower wouldn't start back. It managed to do all of Man. everything except for underneath the trampoline. It was so like the episode saying, of Seinfeld where Kramer and the car salesman are like in the car and they're, they're, yeah. you're like you're like just like oh please please please. See, that's the problem if you have self-propelled because, like, I have a push, which one thing is cheaper, and you have a self-propelled well, mower. I, it was given to me, so I just used what was given to me. Okay, well, I'll, I, I'm reading between the lines. I'm seeing you have a self-propelled lawnmower, a trampoline, so you probably yeah, have a... Yeah, the trampoline, yeah. It's you, a real... You probably have a don't butler. Don't tell my homeowner's insurance agent that, by the way. Yeah, you probably have a butler, but uh, but if you have the self-propelled... Yes, a butler to guide the children to the trampoline, <laughs> yeah. So you, if you have a self-propelled, you are stuck... At that speed, whereas if like I have the push no, mower, I, it varies speed, like just how far down you push the handle, right. so you can go really like pretty, pretty fast, unreasonably fast. Yeah, so like, I will like my run. Side, my side yard is just long, long, long strips, and so I basically floor flooring it, on it. that pretty quick. Like when I'm, I can shorten it up when I'm doing smaller areas. Yeah, well, I've got, I use that synthetic gas bragging montage, and it's it it keeps your engine like I've I've had some I've had to go buy more. Weed eaters and things because these little two cycle motors, just the, the regular gas, you can't leave it over the winter and stuff like that. So I've found it's more like economical in the long run to get the synthetic gas, but it's really expensive, like per gallon. So like I don't, I want to like, I don't want to use it very much. So I'm just like I'm like running, rowing, <laughs> mowing my grass to try to finish as fast as I can to to save gas. Um, yeah, mowing, uh, and then the weed eater line. And there's just we could go on and on. I think my goal is to own an electric lawnmower. Ugh, no I have way. an electric trimmer, and it's fine. It's just done on a battery. It works fine. Me and my dad used to mow grass, mow, mow yards in the summer. I, I know, but you took a dump in some lady's yard. Shirley Terry, what? Shirley Terry's yard, and uh, we used to make fun of people with electric mowers. <laughs> wow! If you and your dad are making fun of me, I think I might be doing something right. <laughs> That's probably uh, accurate. Look statement. at that jerk saving money and saving the environment with his. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid electric mower! What a nerd! He probably has a tankless water heater too, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so speaking of water, uh, what'd you do for the Fourth of July? Did y'all go anywhere and do anything fun? For the first time, and I can, since I can recall, I've had I didn't have to work on the Fourth of July. Sweet. It just always worked out that that's been my day to work yeah. for a really, really, really long so time. So on those calls, I think we've talked about this before, maybe last year. Is it just like you getting called to like fireworks? In, well, like, my, my old city that I used to work in, literally, they would just have to dispatch every call. So you would normally take like 15 calls a night. Well, on 4th of July, you would take 40, and it was uh, all fireworks. 
works. And uh, people complaining never... about the noise and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, my current city, they basically put those on a list, and uh, it's called. They just patrol the information on the radio. Hey, if anybody's in the area of Main Street and Broadway, mm-hmm. you know, there's fireworks. Well, if no one's in the area, no one's being sent to go but if you're near there you can oh, i'll go check it out well hold on the main street and broadway fireworks were probably like the city's fireworks. they probably have like the permit but oh well people will call and complain at like the major like like we have uh, <laughs> like the, the city yeah. we have a major four-star you know hotel in our city limits and they do this huge uh fireworks display well people will call and complain about that really <laughs> yes well so. we my wife's family has a, like we I, I mentioned it later in the show it has a lake house and we my daughters have never been to the lake they've never been on like a like a fishing skiing boat they've never been on a jet ski being pulled behind you know when i was growing up like you go to the lake you would like ride on an inner tube yeah you know like tubing or something like that that's not a thing anymore. They, now they have these like inflatable like it's like a it's like a couch, a full couch that you all sit on. There's handles, but there's no way it could flip. It's so big. And, That's but, the fun of the tube. I know, I know. But like for little kids, it's like perfect because like you know it's like their first experience. Well, Whatever. they just loved it. I had never like ridden a jet ski, and I got to just ride this like sea do all over this lake, and I got it up to got it up to fifty five miles an hour. So. Uh, does it have a like a, uh, a speedometer? Yeah, it has a little sonar thing on it. Like I went out yesterday morning, or like the morning of the fourth, which I guess was what Monday morning, and it was like before like the wind really started. It was like glass smooth with the wind at my back, and just laid the thing wide open. Like a commercial, a jet ski commercial. Oh my gosh, it was the most fun I've ever had. Then you figure out how to like make the turns and like you know make go through the big splashes and. Uh, it was it was lots of fun. I got very sunburned. I wish you could see my th- my thighs are like. I'll send you a picture. It's the it's, first time ever you haven't sent me a picture of something. Yeah. Like, oh, man. <laughs> but I'm very sunburned. So lake times is very fun. But man, we end, up, we end up going to my parents' farm and uh, their like community that they live in. They had like a pretty awesome for like a community of like I don't know a thousand people maybe. They had a pretty, a pretty, good pretty awesome fireworks display and the volunteer fire department. Cook some burgers and had some chips, and we're all just down on the farm. Like yeah, they're not, yeah. you know, so good, old, good old people. I probably stuck out like a sore thumb, but they probably looked at me in my Converse tennis shoes and my <laughs> Minnesota North Stars hat and was like, oh, "Yankee." You, know, but, you didn't uh, wear your police uniform. No, remember I told you that I didn't have to work yesterday. I know. I thought maybe you just sometimes you just wear it to like. I, I wear it like cool. to go to restaurants to get the discount. Yeah, right. <laughs> You haven't been a cop in five years. Have I ever told you that story very quickly? No. What? We lived in our old, when we lived in Oklahoma and worked there. I, my wife and I, before we even had kids, we went to this restaurant that wasn't too far out of the city that I worked in. Well, we're there, and I see an old man wearing a uniform for the city that I worked in. And I was like, I don't know who that is. But I was like, oh, that's right. I met him one time. He's retired. So I went up to him. I was like, hey, it's, you know, good to see you again. I, I met you when I was in training with such and such officers. Oh, that's right. I met you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have a good one. Well, him and his wife went to their table. Me and my wife went to my table. I'm like, why is he in a uniform? He's retired. And it wasn't super uncommon for retired guys to still work, like, off-duty, right. you know, to, to security jobs yeah. under the blanket of the police department. That was, that was allowed up there. Well, after the meal, his wife and him got done first so they come back over to my table and he's like hey you take care of yourself and you know good luck with your career and blah 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 and it's like and by the way if you wear your uniform up here they give you half off <laughs> and just smiles and walks off and I was like isn't that like super illegal 
Do is, what? Isn't like isn't that like super illegal? To like I don't know if it's illegal. It's impersonating. Really poor taste. <laughs> well, isn't like impersonating an officer illegal? Like, no, I mean, he's. he's but if you're re- like like if you're retired and you still have your badge, it's expired, and like you use that. It's not really how that goes. Like you, if you can still up there, you can still work like uh, security jobs in your uniform, oh, okay. even if you're retired. Your badge says retiree on it. Oh, okay. Well, so you're still like a licensed police officer. Well, so w- when are people going to understand that uh, lakes are super dangerous? Is that do you like do you, do you have a lake in your? Man, I, I'm not a lake person. But are you but, talking about like all the people that drown? Yeah, it's like there, there's never. And I'll tell you, like I'm gonna be one of those people one of these days because I sw- I know how to swim. I'm a strong swimmer. Yeah. Add that to the bracket. Right I don't feel like I need a life jacket. Yeah. I'm not like a like a medium swimmer. Right. I'm an extremely strong swimmer. Yeah. I don't feel like I need one of those. Well, and it's like here's like I I, I think like, especially with kids because if you go under, it's like with a pool. If you like dive in a pool and hit your head and like go unconscious like oh there's rick jump in and grab him you know like the lake we were in yesterday like when you're floating in the lake you couldn't see like your knees you know like it's just there's nothing and it's 20 feet of water like i'm right very i'm very skeeved out by the lake yeah well okay so here's something kind of weird that happened not weird it was kind of, it scared me it probably shouldn't have scared me but it did for some reason you'll swim into your shorts yeah <laughs> no not even close so like the w- there was a big floaty thing off the dock tied off the dock maybe you know I mean, it's 20 yards off the dock, quite a, quite a ways off. And I, I jumped out there, and without my life vest on, I just wanted to swim a little bit, you know, and I swam out to this deal. Well, my daughter, seven years old, jumps in after me with her life vest, and she's swimming out. And I'm swimming, and, and she asks me, can I take my – and she's in the water. She's, she's 10 yards off the dock, you know, and she says, can I take off my life jacket? I thought she said – do you, are you not, or do you, did you take off your life jacket? Like, as I'm like, you know, kind of in the water and I can't really hear that good. And I said, yes, thinking she asked me, like, did I take off my life jacket? Well, she had asked me, can I, I don't know what was she was thinking. Like, can I take off my life jacket? Maybe she saw you. Well, right, right. So I'm like, I keep swimming and I, I, I get out to the float thing and I look back and she's like getting out of her life jacket. And, like she's got the rope of this, the thing that was tied to the dock, or whatever. But like, just I don't know. Like I, I swam out to her and grabbed her, and like I'm sure she probably could have swam out to the deal. But like, if she went under, there she's. You know, it's like you can't see where she goes. Man, it scared me. I don't know. Like it probably scared me too much. Um, but that just like I don't know the thought of that. Like, well, can't see anything. Guess yeah, I'll just go under. I think what, what creeps me out more with the lake is the. Like the stuff that's in there, yeah. Like not only fish turds, but also like <laughs> human turds and stuff. Oh, what right. Evan Rand that said he got sick, like from swimming the, in a lake. Yeah. Well, I'm, I bet if all lakes just became clear and you could like see to the bottom of them, no I would one feel would, much more comfortable. Well, but, or like no one would ever swim in a lake anymore because of like the oh, stuff yeah, that's on the bottom. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, man. All right. Well, let's get to the interview with Chad. Um, go to the website, simplymaster.com. You can like us on Facebook, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, you can go to the store page or the show notes of this show and click on the PayPal Donate Now button if you want to throw us a few bones um, or something like that to help us with our monthly costs. We would really appreciate it if you think that anything we're doing is worth anything. Um, email us simply lifestyle at gmail.com you can email rick at simply rick at gmail.com at simply 52 is all the instagram and snapchat and all that good stuff um we interviewed chad we talked to him about wrestling his book making fitness and, oh, no, no 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 i'm sorry let me start this over okay. we interviewed chad where mark 
has a complete like a lack of brain function in the first two minutes of the interview. <laughs> There's that. I didn't mention that. And um, then we talk about stuff, fitness and wrestling. Yeah. We talk about never running out of excuses, obstacles to getting fit, Kyle Maynard's book, No Excuses, Rick's super insensitive joke, the, f- <laughs> <laughs> the first step, short-term goals, changing your mindset, the 10 nutrition guidelines, donut slayers, and getting out of your comfort zone. Here's Chad. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast, really happy to have Chad Austin on the show. He is a personal trainer and a fitness author. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait. Uh, yeah, Chad Austin. Sorry. Um, I, <laughs> welcome. What? Welcome. What was that? I'll tell you. <laughs> so for a second, I, I was clicking back and forth. And for some reason, like I thought <laughs> my brain, what happened to my brain just then was that Chad was from Austin and not that his last name was Austin, but his last name is, in fact, Austin. So welcome uh, to Well, we're getting off on the right foot. Thanks uh, for joining this super professional podcast, Chad. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I did that once with uh, on Humans Being Human, Rick. I, Don't I, say. I said uh, that there's, there's a couple. Their names are Maggie and Nick. And she listens to the show. And I guess he does, too. And they were on Humans Being Human. And I was like, I introed them like, here is Maggie Nick. And like, I combine their two first names into one name and they were like yeah um that's actually not not our names uh I was like, dang it sorry uh okay so the first thing we're gonna do rick we, we always we keep forgetting to do this right out of the gate yeah so we, we should it fits better to do this right like yeah. the very beginning so we don't uh, halt the momentum here yeah chad what we do is uh i don't even know how we started doing this but we just take a random guess at your birthday like okay. I get two guesses and Mark gets two guesses. Just the day and the month. We're not going to do the year. And if we like, if we get it close, no hints. Don't be like, oh, almost. Just say yes or no. And for yeah. the record, I have actually done this one time. It was amazing. <laughs> Mark, All right. So my my Mark, turn. Mark, you may go first. Okay. <clears throat> March twenty fourth. No. Okay, uh, I think I know what Mark is doing. I always guess March 23rd because it's Jason Kidd's birthday. And so <laughs> Mark is trying to like do like the Price is Right thing and screw me out of it. Yeah. So I'm going to pick November 11th. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking Dirk Nowitzki's birthday, June 19th. <laughs> nope. Okay, last guess. February 5th. No. <laughs> okay, what is it? What is it? September thirtieth. Oh. I guess November something. So, yeah. yeah. But there's there's no <laughs> there's no winning, Rick. You don't win if you get closest. That's not the game. We both lost. <laughs> well, thank you for indulging us with our yeah. ridiculous chat. <laughs> no problem. Awesome. So, Chad, if you would just uh, give us your origin story, how did you get to where you are today? Uh, well, I've been in fitness for about fifteen years. I was a PE teacher at a college. Um, uh, after uh, being a college athlete, uh, wrestling, and um, I just kind of stumbled across personal training, and it's I've been doing it for about 11 years now. I've went from being a personal trainer at a gym to being an independent contractor, and now I'm a studio owner. But it just tends out to be a Pittsburgh. I wrestled at a junior college in Kansas, uh, Labette County Community College, and uh, okay. finished at Pitt State. Very cool at Penn State. Yeah. Um, so what? Uh, I guess what is your if you had to sum up, like, you know, personal training at a gym versus on your own, like, why did you end up going out on your own? Uh, just because um, I had a 
feel like at a company, you know, I mean, you have at a fitness professional, if you want to be a career and a trainer, you kind of have a point of um, basically at a company, I had a ceiling. And so I had a lot of visions and ideas I wanted to do with, with as a fitness professional. And, and uh, so I didn't, I didn't want to have a ceiling on me. So I left and then I just kind of started pulling the trigger on all my ideas. So cool. Now, as, as a wrestler, uh, do you feel like if you got into a, a little scrum or a scrap uh, that you would would win because of your background? Because most fights that aren't in a ring sort of de- devolve into a wrestling match. So do you you walk around sort of thinking I could probably take anyone <laughs> that's walking around by me? This is the well, weirdest should, question ever. <laughs> I should probably clarify from what you said earlier. I, I didn't go to Penn State. I went to Pittsburgh State. It's a oh, college in Kansas. There's a pretty is, big difference which in is colleges much, wrestling right there. Much better. But. If I had a choice it, to tell people where I went to school, it would not be Penn State or Baylor uh, at this point. Oh, Mark, stop it. Sorry. Um, okay, so I guess as a wrestling, I want to talk about wrestling for a little bit. This is just I, 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 like, I like wrestling. Rick especially. I like wrestling Rick. Yeah, Mark likes to roll around with sweaty men. Well, hey, so, um, okay, so are, did you, like, follow the Olympics wrestling? Is that, like, something that's really you're really into now, or was that something that's sort of in your past, and, yeah, I did that, but it's not really a, a, a part of your life anymore? Oh, I'm, I'm still definitely in uh, – I pay close attention throughout the year. I, I was able to go to the Olympic trials to watch for the U.S. about in 2004, I think, um, and so I, I've always been involved in it. So who is, like, if you could – if you could defeat any wrestler, like who would be like your crown achievement? Who is the best wrestler of all time in your opinion? Uh, well, I don't know if I'd not have an answer for the best of all time, but uh, this and this isn't a. Uh, my dad's name is Steve Austin. What? So, and when I when I was a wrestler, everyone called me Stone Cold, and so I, I think uh, if there were, if there was a way to get on the skull broken skull challenge or whatever he has and defeat stone cold that would be a claim to fame because that's, that's my crazy dad. because mark's dad's name is hulk hogan which is really <laughs> strange you know, it's a weird coincidence we have here. oh see i thought you meant like wrestling i thought you meant like uh you know olympic wrestling but you oh, were yeah, talking about yeah, you were talking about smashing chairs over people's heads that's what you were talking about and, uh, have you seen fox catcher or like know all about that whole story um no Oh, okay. or I, I've heard about it, but I haven't got to see it yet. Okay, well, let's talk about the Rick. Do you know that what that movie's yeah, about? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, okay. it's, it's an interesting movie. Really great. Well, it's a, based on a true story, and then you go, like, uh, as I do anytime I read a book or watch a movie or listen to a book based on a true story, uh, I you know you look up the stuff, and man, like the whole DuPont thing and all that was just such a weird deal. But anyway, off of wrestling. Um, okay, so you wrote a book. And I, I want to talk about the book. So what, what inspired you to write the book? And it's called Make Fitness a Priority. So what, uh, yeah, what inspired you to, to do that? Um, you know, when I started first thinking about it, I was in uh, Toastmasters to, to work on my public speaking. And this, all my speeches kind of had the same theme about it. But uh, when I first started thinking of a, a book, I uh, just asked a poll. I, had, I created a poll, and basically my poll was just a question, like, what are your top priorities in life? And the top answers by far were family and career. And faith was a pretty top, pretty high answer too, but family and career were by far the top. But what blew my mind was that nobody said anything about health and fitness. Out of the 25 people that just randomly took the poll, 
And so it just blew my mind. I think if, if I would have changed the question, you know, if I would ask, is health, is health and fitness or is exercise, nutrition, are those important? I think everyone would say yes. But it's just we all tend to have the mindset that we can't make it a priority right now because we're just too busy. And it always seems to be what we put off till later. And so I just wanted to kind of write a book to kind of help people understand that they can make it a priority now just like they do everything else. It's just um, – changing your mindset and such. Yeah. It's a very interesting observation because like you said, when you list the things that are important to you, everyone that I know would say the same things like you just said, mm-hmm. family, job, uh, you know, faith, what have you. But uh, and and fitness seems to be one of those, yeah, if I get some time, like I'll, you know, go to the gym or I'll work out or whatever, but like uh, it's going to be, you know, you know, seven or eight cards deep in the deck. Uh, if, you know, if I if I get a minute, but I think that's right. the difference between people who are legitimately like in good shape and the people who are not is you know that that uh, level on the priority ladder. But also, if you prioritize health and fitness, that can make your performance in those other areas. Uh, it can it can make those, that performance go up, right? Oh yeah, definitely. It definitely, it's. It's a decision. Everyone's busy. Everyone has all the same obstacles that we use as validation just to kind of put it off till later. And we always think we're going to get to it later. And really, in that case, tomorrow is a day that never comes. But if I tell people, I mean, if, if you decide to do it, all it takes is a decision to do it. But if you decide to do it, your life will be better. Yeah. So it's just making the decision to do it. Before uh, I, I had the Simply Human website, I had a, a website um, that was basically just like my training log because I had so many people back when I was doing like endurance races. Shut up, Rick. Um, I would just have uh, and people were like, what, "What do you do? How, what do you? How do you? What's your workout? What, what do you eat?" And so I just had this training log where I would I would just put you know everything that I did, every workout and all that, just the details of it. And, and the name of the website was neveragoodtime.com. It's a little it's a little misleading because it doesn't uh, mean like that. it doesn't mean come here and never have a good time. Uh, it was, it was like the, the idea. And I've talked about this before on the podcast. It's been a long time, but you know, like the, the first time, uh, you know, I had never run a marathon. This is back in like 2006. And I had a buddy, uh, Rick, you remember Greg Furman? Uh, he called me up and was like, Hey, let's run the Dallas marathon. And I was like, this is like in the summer of 2006. I was like, Oh, okay. When is it? You know, he's like, okay, it's December or something. Okay. Okay. And so it's like, so I start doing the research and okay, I found this 18 week program, whatever. So I back up 18 weeks to, from the date of the marathon. And it's like, Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to do all these, all this training right through the fall. And at the time I was a sports broadcaster and football as Rick knows is like the most ridiculous time of year for a sports broadcaster in West Texas. And I, I called him back, and I was like, "Yeah, no way. There's, it's just, it's gonna be too busy. Like, I, I, I won't have the time to train." And then, so I was like, "Okay, well, if I want to do a marathon, I kind of got that little uh, bug going. I, I, let's let's find a marathon, and then and then look the previous eighteen weeks and fit that in somewhere in the calendar." Yeah. Well, okay. Let's see. Let's run in March. Well, then I'd have to be training like over Christmas. No, I don't want to do that. And then let's let's do the summer. It's too hot. So then I, so it, it kind of, that's when it kind of hit me. Like it's never it's a good time to train for a marathon. Like, mm-hmm. so I called him back and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's sign it up. Like if, if we're going to do it, let's just do it. So that was the, that's kind of the, one of my MOs or whatever it is. Like if you want to do something that is like significant, like going back to school and get your master's or like, uh, you know, have, there's never a good time to like have a baby, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. it's just like, you just got to do it. And if you want to do something, you're just going to have to figure out a way to make it happen. Oh yeah. I've got a, 
I, I try to tell people, you know, you're never going to run out of excuses. You're, there's never going to be a shortage of excuses. You're always going to have a reason to skip your workout or to validate going through the drive-through. And so it's, and when I tell, when people start telling me all their excuses, I have an exercise I like to do with people, where I have them, you know, write down the five people that you're surrounded by, five people you know who you feel like have made fitness a priority in their life, and then I have them write down all the obstacles that they face. And so it could be that, you know, they have, they work crazy hours or they have to travel for work or they have kids at home or they have multiple kids at home and all their kids are in different activities every other night of the week. And so they have all these different things I write down and then I have them write down their own obstacles they face and compare. And so when you always find out that the people that are the most fit around you, they have all the same obstacles you have, but yet they still found a way to make it happen. Yeah, it's like if you if you ask people. So so in your uh, experience, what are the things that people write down as their biggest obstacles? Uh, the biggest obstacles that I seem to write all the time. Biggest excuses. I I mean obstacles and excuses. I'm I'm a big into obstacle races too. But by, by the way, and I think I kind of started that because it just matched so well with uh, fitness. Because I mean, if you take away the word excuses and put obstacle, it's really the same speech. Um, right. It's really I think of every every excuse is just an obstacle you haven't overcome yet. But uh, in my book, when I go through my introduction, I have uh, all these different obstacles that I mentioned right at the beginning. Is I don't have any time to work out. I work crazy hours. That makes it impossible for me to get any kind of consistent routine. I have kids at home. I need to be there for my kids have activities going on every other night of the week, and I need to be there to support them. I travel all the time for work. I never know when I'm going or where I'm going. My job is so stressful that I don't have any energy left when I get home. There's so many scams in the health and fitness industry. How do I even know who to listen to? It's just too expensive to eat healthy these days. I don't have, a, I can't afford exercise equipment for home. I don't have a gym nearby to go to. I wouldn't know what to do if I went to the gym. And so there's all these same excuses. Yeah. Uh, those are probably the top excuses I write down to people say all the time. When you read through those, most people think, "Well, I've, I've said all those pretty much." Yeah, yeah, and it's funny. Like you, you, you list off all those, and it's like, yeah, like job, kids. Uh, you know, money, all that stuff is like, yeah, those are the obvious ones. But then you look around, and like there are people with no legs. Mm-hmm. that like work out you know like so like uh, I don't know like you, you can go find uh, examples of people that like none of those things like apply to them like their things are way worse than those things and yeah. they still <laughs> make it a priority so it's not about they're not like you know some amazing uh, you know, like willpower people. Oh, well, they, well they're just like, uh, they're just wired differently or, you know, they're, they're a human just like mm-hmm. you. Like there's, you know, so you've got that in you somewhere. You just have to reach out and find it. So yeah. So how do those people that really have crazy obstacles, like, like what do they do to, you know, to make those things happen where, where it's not like some sort of act of, you know, drudging themselves to go like move. It's just like that's just part of their everyday life. Yeah, it makes our our excuses seem pretty insignificant. Have you heard of uh, Kyle Maynard? Uh uh-uh. uh He's uh you have to look him up, but he has a book that I read. Um, How do you spell his name? Is it M A Y N A R D? Yep. Cool. That he's a, a quadriplegic, but he, he's amazing. He's uh he's done his book. His his book I read when I first learned about him is called No Excuses. Yeah. But he uh he only has. He doesn't have legs from his knee down or arms from his elbow down, but there's nothing that the guy can't do and, and do better than most people. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's won a couple ESPYs. He's an athlete. He's an he's a Olympian, I believe. Um, but he, he's done just about anything. And, but uh, it did, when you read everything he's done and, and everything he's overcome, it makes you really feel like uh, your excuses are pretty insignificant. <laughs> right. And I think there's, there's a good exercise there to like – 
kind of remind yourself, okay, like, uh, stop complaining. First world, hashtag first world problems, you know. Right. Uh, that's why I like reading history books, you know. Like, when you read about, or listening to history books, Rick, shut up. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, when you when you read about, you know, like, the people, like, the, the, the soldiers in the Civil War or something, and, like, read what, like, they had to go through, then you're like... <laughs> Okay, yeah, maybe I shouldn't complain about the the water heater breaking. Like this is not a big God, deal. My Wi-Fi is so slow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Wi-Fi on this plane is off. Sucks. Um, but um, let's see. I was going to ask you something about uh, Kyle Maynard. It's funny what you guys are talking about. Like one time, uh, I forget the exact uh, scenario, but like me and some people I knew were like uh, like at the beach, and there was this guy that was uh, you know very good shape, uh, very ripped, and one of the people I knew was like. God, I'd do anything to look like that guy. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> work out? He's like, oh, yeah, except work out. Yeah, and okay, eat, and well, eat right. <laughs> you could literally do uh, <laughs> the one thing that you have to do to look just like that guy. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'll do anything else. I'll cut my left arm off, and yeah. then I'll get a cyborg arm. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I, I remember what I was going to say. Uh, you know, speaking of, like, the quadriplegics or the people that, you know, like like Kyle Maynard, when I was when I would do these like long races or something like a triathlon, you know, be running mm-hmm. up a hill towards the end of the race, and you're just like sort of feeling sorry for yourself, like oh, I feel this is so hard, uh, I'm so tired, and then like you see someone in like a one of those little like wheelchairs, mm-hmm. like wheeling themselves up a hill, and you're and you're like oh, okay. No, uh, but then they get to roll down. Oh, God. So I don't want to hear <laughs> Please. Oh, such an insensitive. I'm, in the show notes, I'm putting Rick Rick's insensitive joke. <laughs> awesome. So um, so I guess what is that first step? I know we, we, we went back and forth before uh, we, we did this interview and some of the things that we want to talk about. And Yeah, so what, what is like the first step in, in making fitness a priority? Uh, well, when, when I was writing the book, one thing I realized that uh, I need, wanted to evolve as a trainer, the first five years, I would say, of my career, I kept getting people where they would, I would help them get um, their short-term goals. I think when, when everyone comes to a personal trainer, you first come to a personal trainer fueled by short-term motivation. Right. There's always something coming up. The um, summer. Or, something yeah. coming up that you, or yeah, some kind of like a, maybe you just got engaged and there's a wedding, there's yep. a reunion, they're getting a year older, they're, or it's big, swimsuit season, whatever. But there's always something coming up you want quick, fast results for. That's just that's the way it works and that's how we're wired. And so maybe it means I, I have to sit down with someone and uh, we have a game plan to get you fast results in 12 weeks. And then uh, so a lot of changes will happen. You have to make a lot of sacrifices, but you stick to the plan and we can always reach that goal. And so in the first five or six years I was a trainer, I helped hundreds of people reach goals like this. I really got quick results, and it was it was really rewarding for both of us. But then so many of those people, I saw them just kind of falling off afterwards. They wouldn't because all the motivation they had to stick to the plan was gone the second their event was over. Right. And so and so I, I kind of realized that I had the, the biggest the first step, and if you want to make fitness a priority for the rest of your life, if you want to get long-term results, is you have to change your mindset and from these short-term goals to thinking, you're really asking yourself why fitness and getting in better shape is important so that you can keep this as a long-term uh, thing in your life. Yeah, because if you've got this short-term goal mentality, let's say you're a woman and your wedding's coming up and you basically are like starving yourself for the eight weeks leading up to your wedding. Well, as soon as like the wedding happens, you haven't really built up any sort of good habits, any like neural no. <laughs> connections being strengthened. All you've been doing is sort of looking... And like being motivated by that wedding. Well, at the wedding, 
it's like, all right, I made it. And then it's like cake time. And then you like, <laughs> it's like whatever you want to eat or drink and you can just, you know, be in like, and then all those old habits are, re- are, are yeah. reinforced. Yeah, then starts to spiral. Yeah, and then, you, then people are like, well, I don't understand what happened. You know, I, you know, it's, it's more, I don't want to say it's more psychological than anything because that's what starts it. The mm. psychology starts it. And then the physiology kind of falls into place, you know, because of the behaviors that you're doing and not necessarily because, you know, oh, your event happened and then you just gained 20 pounds. Like you have, your behavior has to change first yeah. for that to happen. So that's, that's what I think what happens with most everyone that starts to make fitness part of their thing. They always start with the wrong mindset. And so, so many people are falling into that yo-yoing pattern before where they've lost weight, put it back on, or had tons of energy lost. They had a great routine instead of building the healthy habits that they need to, to do to get long-term results. And right. so that's kind of one of the things I try to teach in the book and with my clients. Yeah, cool. And that's one of the things that, that we've been preaching, uh, you know, uh, from the very beginning of the show is, mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily about exercise as it is about movement and mm-hmm. finding that sustainable human movement pattern that's not just just like with in the eating pillar just like a sustainable eating movement pattern and sustainability is the key like if you're starving yourself eight weeks leading up to you know uh like rick is a cop and you know once a year they do like a cop like stripper show you know like so <laughs> yeah he's got, that's what we do so <laughs> So he's he's got that on his on his plate. Well, that's just not that's not sustainable. That's a. Well, I that's think a, I think also what what what's frustrating about that is you know you you keep saying you know eight weeks. Let's just keep using that. Yeah. You know you have something that you're looking forward to that you need to, a short term goal that's eight weeks away. Well, you're still like uh, putting yourself through a bunch for those eight weeks. Like you're mm-hmm. still I don't want to say like uh, you know making yourself miserable, but you're still like uh, you know, putting forth effort and then. After the eight weeks is gone, like uh, that effort is just thrown down the toilet. Like there's no, yeah. so you might as well commit to a longer term period of doing something that you can continue for, you know, indefinitely for the rest of your life, as opposed to just like, you know, ninety days to six pack abs. Because what happens on day ninety one? Yeah, you might have six pack abs, but if you're doing something that you won't be able to continue for the rest of your life, then and it was all just ninety temporary. days to six pack abs, and then ninety days to you know, love handles again. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I really like that. It's like you're, you're, you're working either way. So you might yeah, as well either, yeah, like either work. Way you're putting forth a tremendous amount of effort. You might as well make it effort towards like a greater goal instead of like the exact same effort that you know is just going to crap out in the end. Yeah. Right. Well, Chad, I want to get to donut slayer. Um, but before we do that, I want to, and I guess this, that will, what we're going to talk about next sort of, will sort of segue into that, but okay. You obviously can't just move, in a certain way and not be getting good sleep and not eating the right things and, and being overly stressed. But let's, let's really focus on the nutrition right now. Um, cause I think that the movement and the nutrition things are the, are the things that sort of take up the majority of your mind and your willpower and all that, because the sleep, your sleep, you can like, you can set up that environment and set up those parameters mm-hmm. And then they're done, right? You say, like, I'm going to bed at 1030 and I've got my sleep pattern or sleep environment set up. You don't really have to, like, that's not something you're having to do throughout the day or, like, you know, drive somewhere and, like, pay a membership to, like, sleep somewhere, right? Or, and, like, with stress management, kind of the same thing. Like, anybody can find time to meditate for five minutes or or to write down five (laughs) things they're great before. So let's focus on the nutrition. What are, like, the healthy eating guidelines that that you recommend? Yeah, in my book, I... uh we basically just started a corporate fitness thing with my gym where our goal is it's mindset nutrition training. And so, but the whole 
base of it is always nutrition. It's just that goes back to that saying, you can't out-train a bad diet. Right. And so everything has to start with nutrition. And so I just have 10, I've learned with nutrition with my clients over the years that there's so much to learn. If you try to teach too much at once, then you end up learning nothing. Right. You end up changing nothing. And so I have 10 guidelines that I feel like are just easy guidelines that anyone can follow and anyone could use to, to kind of help you stay on course. And I just try to encourage people to just add one or two every week. And then once you master it, add more. Yeah. And so I think the typical client, the typical person, when I first meet someone as a new client, they eat maybe two and a half times a day. And so the pattern that they, that they go through is they skip breakfast because they're in a hurry and then they, they eat really light. I mean, maybe they'll eat a morning snack, but then probably they won't eat again until lunch. And then they'll, they'll eat really light the rest of the day because they're busy, and they'll come home, they'll be starving, so they'll eat a really big dinner, and then two hours later go to bed. Right. And they start the same pattern every day. And so it all starts with beginning the day with a healthy breakfast. And so people don't, a lot of people, people know this, that everyone's heard that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but people miss that it's the break from your fast. And so it says it right there in the name that, you know, your, your body doesn't turn off when you go to bed. You're still burning calories. Right. And so you need to put fuel in the tank just like a car. And so if you don't have dinner till 7 o'clock at night when you get home, and then at 7 o'clock in the morning comes around, you don't eat breakfast. That's 12 hours without putting fuel in the tank. And then you're supposed to be going off to work where you're supposed to be at the top of your game and you're not going to have any energy. And so that's always the first one is begin each day with, with a healthy breakfast. And then I have other ones in there that many people have probably heard, but it just goes into detail. Um, eat smaller portions more often. So instead of having two big meals a day to get people eating five times a day or with smaller meals to keep your metabolism burning, keep your body burning more often, be more efficient. Eat like a king, a prince, a pauper. That means that have breakfast be a bigger meal and then not have that starving dinner meal because you haven't ate all day. And so to eat a little bit less throughout the day, so you're going to have fuel when your body needs it. Drink half your body weight in ounces. Water is the most important um, nutrient there is, and hardly anyone drinks enough. And so I always ask people when they, when they think they drink enough water, the, the one of those big, long, 33-ounce water bottles uh, that you can get at a gas station when you come in. If you weigh 200 pounds, then three or four of those you yeah. should be drinking a day. And, Rick, and that doesn't... good news on the water. Uh, actually, whiskey is cut with water. Uh, that's, how, that's how they <laughs> hey, get it down. Hey, uh, there's water and coffee, too. So Yeah, so coffee and whiskey is all it's, uh, it's fine. So Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones I put in here, uh, log your food. Don't be misled by the labels. Make sure you read the whole labels. Uh, make sure and counting quality, not quantity. So you're getting rid of processed foods um, and eating more real food and not abuse your cheat meals. And so a cheat meal that you could be looking forward to all week could all of a sudden turn into a cheat, go from a cheat meal to a cheat day to a cheat weekend. And then a you're cheat just month. Going back to yeah. <laughs> December <laughs> yeah. is my, see a lot of people have like December is kind of turns into, oh, it's Thanksgiving. And then it's just like, oh, all right, I'll take the month off and then I'll get, <laughs> I'll get back on in January. Yeah. Or I hear people all the time. They already messed up. I already messed up the weekend, so I'll start fresh on Monday. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, okay, so what? What was that? All ten? What? Where were we in the numbers? Uh, yeah, that was that was ten. Okay, cool. So let's talk about the donut slayer. What? Uh, I guess this is something from your book. What is a donut slayer, and how do you become one? Uh, what I mean by a donut slayer, just you know, all the excuses we talked about earlier in the podcast. Those really for a trainer. I mean, it's, it's not easy, but those are for a trainer. Our mindset. That's the easier obstacles to overcome. And the reason I say that is because we know they're coming. We see them coming from a mile away. The obstacles that are the harder ones to overcome are the ones that are the, or we didn't see coming right. are the curveballs that are thrown at us. Yeah. And those I call the donuts because, to me, a donut can either be the best thing on the, in the world or the worst. 
because I love donuts. That'd be my best cheat meal, my yeah. favorite cheat meal. But it would also be the thing that could spiral me out of control yeah. and my meal plan. Um, and so the curveballs that would be examples would be like the sick kid donut. I have a, a diff, different list of, of donuts during my book. And so right. one could be the sick kid donut. So that could be you're at work and you plan on maybe working out during your lunch break or after work, but you you get a phone call from your teacher and your kid is sick at work. So your kid is sick at school. So you need to go pick them up and take them home. Take or, care you're, of them. or you're up all night with a throwing up kid and you don't yeah. get any sleep you're, or that, something. That would be cool like, too. Yeah, or maybe yeah. your boss comes in all of a sudden on Monday and tells you that you're going to be going out of town for the rest of the week yeah. for work. Or uh, it could be the bad weather donuts, another one where you plan on running in the morning, but yeah. then you open the door and it's, and it's pouring outside. And so um, I have kind of a different way through all these donuts that can pop up, but the theme of all of them is if you want to overcome them, the best place to overcome them is your own brain. I mean, yeah. you have a, your best problem solving, you have the problem solving skills available to overcome any dilemma, and it's just to think about it and use common sense, use your own brain. And so if you just have a no matter what mindset is what I talk about in the chapter. And so that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my workout in no matter what. I'm going to stick to my meal plan no matter what. Where there's a will, there's always a way to stick to it. Right. So like, let's say you've got like trainings from 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, like every day of the coming week. And you're like, you know you have these trainings coming up. Like that donut is just like, well... You know, I'm just going to eat whatever they provide and just, you know, but I mean, if you want, if you really wanted to stick to like the, what you're doing, like you will go to some trouble and you'll make some meals and you'll take some ridicule for like eating your own meals during the company lunch or whatever it is. Like, but like you can do it. Like there's like, you know, sometimes you, you know, you might, it just kind of depends on your level of, of commitment. Like if you just be like, ah, eh, you know, I'll just, I'll just do whatever. And you, and you might be at a place health wise where you can do that. Or you can just have the whatever they cater in for a week, you know, for five days. Like, but a lot of people, if you're tr- still trying to train those new habits, if you're still trying to sort of get out of the old way that you've been doing things, like sometimes that can completely derail you. But yeah, I like the. Uh, my, my mantra on that is, if it's worth it, it's worth it. It's kind of what I like try to remind myself. Like, hey, if it's worth it to, uh, you know, to, you know, stay on my eating plan, then it's worth it to commit to doing that. Yeah. It's worth it to mm-hmm. make the effort. To, to actually do that instead of just kind of floating around and eating whatever comes my way, yeah. something like that. Other donuts are like the national candy holidays, like because there's Halloween right. the and there's Valentine's Day. Day and there's, yeah, National Donut Day. And then, yeah, so, um, oh, yeah, oh, last, yesterday was the 4th of July. And so it's like, you know, everybody is like, has like the the red, white, and blue cupcakes. You know, it's like what what better way to celebrate America than like American flag cake? Like right. that's kind of how it's uh, how that's going. Um, okay, so we are. Let me check the time here. Oh my gosh! Oh, ah, we just went over thirty minutes. Like exactly. That was awesome. Oh. So okay, so we're out of time. But I want to ask you one more question before we let you go. Um, okay. And it doesn't have to have anything to do with anything we just talked about. And it is: what is something you enjoy about life, or something you do to make life more enjoyable? Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Donuts would definitely be one, but also, also the one I would I would say uh, to help just as, as a closing one. To, what I would do to help make things more enjoyable is uh, I don't let myself be too afraid to step out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And so I think life begins outside of your comfort zone. And whoever said that was was right on it. I think uh, once I once I started um, pulling the trigger on all my ideas and uh, not being too and not needing validation for my good ideas. Once I started stepping out of my comfort zone. Uh, then everything got better in my life. So I think uh, that's that's how you make life more fun, more yeah. enjoyable. Is uh, to go for things. Yeah. 
Cool. Okay, so your book, Making Fitness a Priority, is on Amazon. We will have it actually released on April 25th of this year. We will have a link to it in the show notes. Uh, ChadAustinFitness.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, where else can people find you? Uh, PriorityFitTraining.com. My, my gym is Priority Fitness, actually gone by the Make Fitness a Priority theme. Um, but we just opened in December. Cool. So PriorityFitTraining.com. Is that what it was? Yep. Yep. PriorityFitTraining.com. Okay. Austinfitness.com, writing all this down for the show notes. And then are you on like uh, Twitter or Instagram or anything? Uh, uh, Chad Austin Fitness on Twitter. And um, uh, that's it. But there's a Make Fitness a Priority uh, Facebook page also okay. for my book. I'll put that and in so there as well. My book, this is actually a book of, this is the first of a three-part series. And so I'm working on my, my rough draft and my second book is done right now. But it's going to be a workbook that goes along with the Make Fitness a Priority textbook. Cool. And then uh, there's an online training program that will go with it. And then I'll have a third book that will come out next year that will be Keep Fitness a Priority. Awesome. Well, very good. Well, Chad, I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for your time. And uh, this has been great. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Chad. Uh, We just told you where you could go, chadaustinfitness.com and all the other places where you can find Chad. Cool, cool interview. I'm glad Chad actually reached out to me, uh, looked at his stuff, and thought it would be good to have him on. So thank you, Chad. Yes, thank you, Chad. Um, Okay, it is now time for Humans Being Human. And we haven't done just me and you in a long time because I think that people get get a lot of us. Uh, probably too much. Yeah, so <laughs> that's why I put the time code in. You can always fast forward <laughs> through, through our our <laughs> shenanigans. Man, I listened to the crosstalk from the Fourth of July show about like all the <laughs> all the bleeps of you, <laughs> man. I, it's uh, it was really I, to me anyway. I thought it was very funny. Uh, it would be these super long bleeps as I'm giving a spoiler, <laughs> and then you just like going crazy on me. Uh, anyway, that was fun. Um, Okay, so I told this story this weekend. I was with some family at a lake house, not my lake house. Don't worry, (laughs) don't worry. Uh, I was with my family at a lake. Yeah, my butler uh, actually drove us out there in uh, in in our Rolls Mercedes. Okay, Okay. bring it on home now. So I bring it on down. So I told this story, (laughs) and I thought, you know what? That I don't think I've told that story, and that would be a good one. and if I have, just I guess we're just going to tell it because this is what I've got. <laughs> so, so this is I guess the theme of this or the, the title of this segment is going to be like like biggest lies, or childhood lies, or something. So, obviously there may be some adult lies that uh, we should probably keep to ourselves, but uh, the kid lies I think are are, <laughs> are harmless. So here's a story, and then I, I told you to be thinking of one, so hopefully you have one. But when I was a junior in high school, no sophomore in high school, so I was 15 years old. I played football, Plano, bragging montage. And this is when, I don't, you probably remember this, Rick, but we, our high schools were 9th and 10th grade was one school, and then 11th and 12th grade was like the senior high, right? Yes, so, that's the format in the town that we went, this yeah. the city we grew up in. So the spring semester of your sophomore year, you would have to be bussed over to the sen- from the high school to the senior high to participate in off-season workouts or whatever it was because you're going to be a junior next year right so yeah so they want you yeah so so we would like get on a bus and we'd go over to like the senior high you know during the off season that spring and, and we would work out with you know with this uh, juniors who were going to be seniors whatever 
So I was I was over there, and it was after practice, uh, one day after football practice, and we were all in there lifting in the weight room with our shirts off uh, <laughs> because that's how we rolled back what then. You do, yeah, and. I was doing I'm I was doing a set of like power cleans or something and I you know you're in there with a bunch of shirtless dudes and <laughs> wait a second like people are like where is this going and you're everybody's like puffed up and adrenaline's going and you're working out and everybody's screaming like kissing and no just <laughs> <laughs> stop it just screaming just screaming screaming and we're like we're pumping each other up and we're like you know uh, oh man, I do have one side note. Do you remember a guy named Duke Strain? Yeah. And you know how crazy that guy was. So yep. this is a complete side note. One day I'm in there doing bench or something, and I'm laying down on the bench. All of a sudden I feel something on my forehead. <laughs> and I was like, what is that? I felt like a slug or something. It was Duke's yeah. um, junk. He just, he just, it was kind of sweaty because we were working out. It was slimy, and he just put it right there on my forehead. Yeah, manly football. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm like, what the heck is this? So anyway, so everyone's in there, and there's adrenaline going, and everyone's crazy. So I was doing the set of power cleans, and I, I didn't get like my last rep of power cleans, right? And like I failed on the rep, but I was like so mad, and so I, I urbaned out. As you, <laughs> as you call it. And I slammed the weight down, and I went over. And the, you know, the weight room is full of guys. And I, and I kicked a, a weight tree with, you know, 500 pounds on it or whatever. You know, it's like iron weights. I kick the weights. Seems like a reasonable decision. And I shatter my toe. Okay, you and you you remember this? So, I do remember this, and I and I knew it was broken as soon as I. I mean, I felt it break. I mean, I felt yeah, it you break. could feel it crack. Yeah, and but I didn't want to, you know, like let everybody know. Oh, that you're an idiot and just broke your own toe by right, being stupid. That now I'm going to be out, you know, two months, three months. I'm going to miss the rest of off season because I'm a freaking moron, right? So I just I kind of like I just walked. The adrenaline's still going, so I walked without a limp, like back into the locker room. And was like looked at my toe and was like, it's my my toe is broke. I mean, the bone wasn't sticking out or anything, but I just I knew it was broken. So I'm sitting in there. I'm thinking, I can't tell the coaches that they'll be so mad. Yeah, like and so I was like, what what do I do? What do I do? Nobody knew that I had hurt myself. You know, like there was just because I walked out. I whatever. Like everybody saw me walking normally. It was no big deal. So I came up with a story. Oh boy, fifteen years old. That it was, and I was in there late, and I did, and I stayed late this day, so my story would would work. And I was like, the, and I was like the last one to leave, and I told everyone that next day that I was in there late, and I I was taking a weight off of the bar, and it slipped out of my hand, and fell on my toe. Okay. And that's how I broke my toe. And so I told the head coach, I told my position coach that, I told the doctor that. And I figured that I figured the doctor would come in and be like, like, look, like, have the X-ray in his hand, like, okay, buddy. listen here, pal. Yeah, like this is not. I know a, what this injury looks like, and that's not what it looks right, like. Right, right. I didn't know if he could tell, like the, you know, like this is a kicking Angle, injury. Yeah. yeah, but he didn't. He just said, yeah, it's definitely broken. You're gonna miss X amount of time, and it was just, it was, I was devastated. You know, I was working out with the varsity or whatever, and like it was just like, okay, well, your spring is over. And but and my, I told my parents that I told no one. There was one guy that knew what had happened, and I didn't tell anyone about that for years. That was, was my story. Who 
was the person? His name was Derek Wally. Uh, you probably don't know him. Okay, but, why did you tell him and not me? Because he okay, because he saw me kick the thing, and he came up to me like later that that day and was like, "Dude, I saw you kick that." Like, you know, like, and, and I was like, "Man, you know," he was the only one that like suspected anything, and he so like, but he was like so cool about it, like, because if he because he could have just ratted me out, you know, it's like a bit, you know, it's like, Hey, Mark actually, you know, but he never yeah. said a word about it. And if I, if I saw him today, I hadn't talked to him since we graduated, but if I saw him today, he would, I mean, he would know exactly. So this is, I mean, this went on so long that I, I didn't tell my parents until like five years ago. Like we were all sitting on the dinner table and it came up or something. I remember when you dropped the weight and I was like, Oh man. Yeah. Like, no, I didn't try. I kicked the, you know, and they were like, what? And all this time, like my, like, Family disowns you for lying. (laughs) Well, and I went up there a few years ago when I was doing the endurance stuff. I would go up to Plano when my parents still lived there, and I would would run on the track, and then I would go in the coach's office to see – if any of the old coaches were there, and I was I was up there with a buddy Hyde. You wow. remember Hyde? Hyde's been Very on the show. Lame move, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's a, Let me like, go back to the old high school. Yeah. And, you know, hey, it was a free place to work hey, kids, out. Kids, I used to own this place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Doyle rules. You're just sitting outside in your <laughs> T-tops Camaro playing Aria Speedwagon. Oh, side note: uh, the jeweler that used to that was next door to my dad's bakery, Terry yes. Ulrich. He used to let, he would go like buy a new Corvette every year and it's like trade his old Corvette in. So this is in 1998. He had a 1999 like brand new Corvette and he let me drive it. It's like a real smart use of money, by the way. Yeah. And he let me drive it for some reason and I drove it up to the to the It's all about good decisions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was divorced. I so I drove I drove up to the school where the cheerleaders were like practicing out in the field, you know, like for after school or whatever. And they couldn't they didn't I was friends with a lot of them, but they didn't know that it was me. They just thought it was like some guy in a Corvette. So I drive up when it was I don't know about 50, 75 yards away and I start revving the engine and they all just look over at me and I'm revving the engine they can't see who it is and they all just started like go away loser like, <laughs> ye- like yelling at me like you like you're an idiot we, you're, you know it's like oh, I like drove away all sad we're just drive away and stuck in first gear yeah <laughs> Okay, so I was up there with my buddy Hyde, who's Simply Human Podcast own, who knew all you know all this story. But like one of the old coaches was up there, and he was like, "Oh man, Rogers, I'll never forget when you dropped that weight on your foot." And me and Hyde kind of looked at each other like, "Oh my gosh, it's been like twenty years," and he still thinks that I dropped the weight on my foot. So did you tell him? No, no, I did not tell him. So huh. none of the coaches know that I actually kicked the weights to this day. So. Do you so, and that is that has been it's been twenty years this spring, which is crazy. Um, what are your what is your childhood lie? The best one that I could come up with uh, was when I got caught. Have I ever told the story of how I got caught cheating in geometry in ninth grade? I don't think so. Okay, so this is just like the I'll try to keep it short because you know yours went kind of long. But uh, growing up, I was in you know all kinds of uh, you know add this to the bragging montage, but like the honors classes. But oh I wasn't, God. like, smart enough to be, like, a nerd, but I wasn't, like, not smart. I was, like, in a weird gray area zone here. Like, I wasn't uh, anywhere near the top of the class, but I also wasn't near the bottom of the class. It was just, like, in the middle. Well, I found out, like, in basically, like, oh, about sixth or seventh grade, hey, uh, wait a minute. I'm smart enough to make B's and C's without studying. So forget studying. Right. I'll just have all the fun that I want. I don't need to make A's anymore. And I'll pass. I'll just, I'll, yeah. just uh, I'll do whatever I want and never have to work at it and make B's and C's, yeah. which got me all the way through till ninth grade, and I'm in honors geometry, which was a huge mistake. Nerd alert. And looking back, 
I totally was capable of, of, of you know, doing well in those classes, honors, geometry, calculus, physics, stuff like that. I just didn't want to work, and I'm not kidding you, like, a minute. I wouldn't do a minute of homework. I copied all my homework. It was just ridiculous. So would you do your well, homework, like, before school that day? Like, that yes. was due oh, that yeah, day? I yeah, I wouldn't do it at home. I'm, t- I'm telling you. Yeah, that's I what we always did. I can't recall one single time in all of junior high or high school where I actually looked at anything outside of school. Yeah. Like the building of school. Like I did not take books home and read in my room or do homework. I can't recall any times that <laughs> I did. School started at 845 and we would get, we would get there at like 8. Yeah, and, and like do I homework. Just, yeah, yeah. Well, we'd do homework <laughs> and like, then we would also <laughs> copy whoever did the homework. Right. Here's another funny story uh, related to this. In the same grade, in ninth grade, I'm in this class called Humanities, which was supposed yeah, to be kind of like class. an honors history class. And uh, there was one girl, her name was Jill Loudon, and she was you know smart and she was nice. She was just a friend of mine. Uh, well, she read the chapters, and I didn't read the chapters, and you're supposed to have taken notes and show the notes, I guess, to prove that you read the chapter. Well, I, of course, I'm going to borrow her notes and copy mine down, you know, basically the same. Well, her handwriting is very girly and very loopy, so I'm copying it down. Very sexist. And the name that she keeps writing down, it looks like Quero, C-U-E-R-O. Yeah. So I just write in, you know, block, all capitalized Quero this, Quero that, Quero this, Quero that, all over the page. Yeah, she was writing the word Cicero, not Quero. <laughs> so I'm turning in these notes that's like a pretty blatant, like, about as blatantly cheating as you can get. Uh, but it was just, it, it, it was like a check mark for the day. It wasn't like a major assignment or anything like that. So th- uh, that's one that I just thought of. Well, also in uh, Honors Geometry. I came up with all kinds of schemes uh, to cheat so that I wouldn't have to actually study and learn. And uh, one of them, I felt like I patented the idea of I'm going to sneeze. I need to go uh, up to the room and get a, a tissue. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, Or like, uh, oh, I'm coughing a bunch. I need to go get some water. Like I felt like I pioneered those moves. Well, yada, yada. On some, uh, some test, uh, the answers were it was multiple choice, but – like you, it was like there was only one obvious answer. Yeah. Like you had to have gotten like done the work to get the answer. Well, here I am. Just who would have thought on a math test if you're just circling a bunch of and you end up getting like a ninety on the test and you show no work, like not even a stitch of work <laughs> off to the side. Yeah, red you're flag. Just circling the right yeah. answers. Well, uh, here I am, like a D to F student in this class, and I make a 90 on a test, uh, and uh, I show no work whatsoever. So she brings me in, and she was like, "Hey, uh, come on now." And it was like, "What I? Uh, oh, you got me." It's like uh, there's no like I wasn't a, a, a very skilled uh, telling lies. Uh, the, the the jig was up rather quickly, and I recognized it pretty quickly. I ended up having to go to summer school to pass, and I went. <laughs> To regular geometry in summer school, which was much, much easier. Yeah, I had to take chemistry in summer school. Uh, Why did you have to take chemistry in summer school? I just because well, that was in college, but I just oh. I hated chemistry. Chemistry was terrible. Well, I had well, to go because I made a zero on a test, <laughs> failed for the semester, and had to retake the class in summer school. At well, Planet, it was at your school. If you have a childhood lie, call us. Five three zero forty two human and leave us the lie and maybe we'll play it. How about that? Okay. Yeah, that was good. So it's be funny when it can't be like yes, yeah, so this one time I like knifed this hobo. Yeah. 
and no one even cared, man. Yeah. <laughs> the dumpster, and I never heard anything about it. Oh, man. So this has been Humans Being Human with Mark and Rick. It is now time for the Simium Tip of the Week. Something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And it's going back to what we talked about with Chad and it was something we talked about before on the show, but it's just a, it's a good tip. <clears throat> and it is, it's never a good time to do the things you want to do. And I love the, if, if it's worth it, it's worth it, right? Yes. That's so, why, if I'm like, because uh, part of my, like, uh, you know, the routine that I follow is like I'll go into work a little bit early and do the rowing machine on a few days, and then I'll go in and lift a couple of days. Well, there's all the time that I, I just want to sit and watch TV or just decompress. But then I, that I try to remind myself that, hey, if it's worth it, then it's worth it. If it's worth it to, to get stronger, if it's worth it to look better, if it's worth it, worth it to, to perform better, then it's worth the, seriously, the 20 to 30 minutes. And we, it, it was funny, we talked about Chad, like the buddy of mine was like, man, I'd, I'd do anything to look like that guy. Yeah. I mean, except work out. Like, uh, it's not that much effort. Like, uh, you know, 30 minutes a day? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's worth it. If it's worth it, it's worth it. Yeah. You know? So I have a, uh, an event coming up. That uh, what does that mean? Well, you, well, how we talked about with Chad, like people have these weddings, or you have like your, you know, these things. The summertime, I have uh, dancing with the Abilene Stars coming up. Oh my god! I know it's gonna be. I've got paired up with. I got it's paired gonna, up with my dancer. Um, maybe we should talk about that in crosstalk, time travel talk. God. Yeah, I want to talk about that real bad. Okay, well, let's not. So, I I got I got paired up with <laughs> dancing my, with the Abilene Stars. And it, all two all two people who know where Abilene, Texas is, will be enthralled by it. Hey, Hendrick Home for Children raises like four hundred thousand dollars in one night on this event. It's a big oh. deal. All right, and it goes to a good cause. So I'm helping the children, Rick. And yeah. she has all these ideas of the dance that she wants to do and all this stuff. And so I'm sure it, this will go down as uh, in Roger's history as one of the most ridiculous things I've ever done. Um, but like training for it, the dance practice starts like in August. And it is in January is when this thing is. So, and that's apparently how much time it takes for idiots like me to learn <laughs> a, like one dance. So... Anyway, um, awesome! I can't wait to make fun of you nonstop. Yeah, that's the thing. That's like well, the, the the first thing that I was thinking about. Uh, like if they, when they asked me to do it, I was like, hmm. "And Rick is gonna roast me for this." Or, or just yeah, like Rick and everyone else. Like how like like weighing like helping the children versus like the heat I'm gonna take. Like that meme or the picture that I have like my head on like a roasted pig. Uh, I think uh, is applicable here. Right, so kids. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's wrap this up. Next week, uh, we have Anna Vicino. Well, hold on. Is it Anna Vicino? Yeah, Anna Vicino. Yes. We are recording with her a week from today. She has so a cookbook she- coming out. Yeah, so, and if you don't know who Anna Vicino is, every show when you hear... Idiot. You, pre- yeah. Previously, or and when she says, uh, you're listening, that's Anna Vicino. She's awesome. The Vinnie Tortorich uh, Angriest Trainer podcast. Um, and then Marcus Brown is the week after that. And then we have, uh, I think that's... All we've got booked out right now. I've got several other things. So we can start things. doing the uh, Everyman. Maybe August. We were going to do July, but then we just kept getting people booked. So maybe August will be our Everyman month. Okay. We'll do that soon, I promise. Yeah, cool. Um, so go to the website, simplyfamilylifestyle.com. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, Instagram, Twitter, and Periscope, and Snapchat. Uh, at simplyhuman52. Email us, simplyfamilylifestyle at gmail.com. You can email Rick at simplyhuman. Rick at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to the Donate Now 
uh, or the uh, the store page or the show notes, and there's a PayPal donate now button. Thank you to Maggie who just sent us uh, a donation, and we had hold on, give, bear with me. I, I want to make sure that we we uh, give some props here. It's Maggie Mac who gave us a donation, and then we also had. Kimberly Olson uh, sent us a donation, so thank you, Kimberly. I think I emailed you that one, Rick, and you haven't uh, given one of your ridiculous um, responses yet, and you and you and and you owe Maggie a ridiculous response as well. So send those to me. Um, Maggie like uh, emailed both of us. Wait, nope, she just emailed me, so I'm gonna forward this to you. Okay, yes, um, I don't think I've sent. Yeah, I'll so. forward this to you now. So we would appreciate if you think anything of what we're doing is any value. It might be you might email us and say, you know what, you owe me five dollars, and I, we will pay you five dollars if uh, <laughs> negative five dollars. Steaming pile of crap. Yeah. <laughs> or if you think it's worth it, you know, it helps us with our, we have a monthly cost for our time. We would really appreciate it. You can go to the score page and see all the things that we um, we like and uh, promote and use. Uh, and we should be getting our bone broth soon from Justin Mayers. That will be cool, and we'll make a YouTube video for that. So um, that's going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. And remember, they, it's called, they just patrol the information on the radio. Hey, if anybody's in the area of Main Street and Broadway, you know, there's fireworks. Well, hold on. The Main Street and Broadway fireworks were probably like the city's Shut fireworks. Up. So until next time, enjoy yourself. <laughs>